This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. Last week we did Christmas gifts, and I went out we and did. bought one. It was oh, probably the cheapest one you talked about. Well, you talked about having this this sort of lead with lots of different adapters on the yes. end to have in case anybody came to the house and needed to charge a phone. So yeah. I got one of I got one of those. Splendid. Um, and somebody came around the other day and needed to charge a phone. So it was really excellent. Easy. That's the yes. way it should be. Well, I'm now I now think I'm going to get get one sort of take with me all the time yes. in case I go to somebody else's house and they don't have the right sort of yes. Thing. Yes, but there are fewer types of adapters, it seems to me, than there used to be, I'm sure. There are, because they they made a rule that everyone had to move to uh, either USB or now USB-C. And everyone did, except Apple, who said, no, 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 we're sticking with our lightning. So there oh, we go. What can you do? Surprise, mm. Well, not much. But then as you and I use Apple all the time, but we're not too bothered. Mm. Um, yeah. OK, but what have you got for us this week? Well, face masks. We all have to wave face masks at the moment, unless you're in government. Or exempt. And, um, or exempt, yes. Yes. Oh, um, a little bit of political comment coming in there. Oh, gadget and gizmo, you often hear that. And, uh, but what about a face mask that can detect COVID? How about that? This is the invention of a key. Being in University. or going out? When no, you can still go out. But no, I mean coming, you... breathing in or breathing out. Are you breathing? Oh. In? Is it COVID coming towards you? I think it tells away if from you? you've got it when you oh, breathe okay. out. That's yes. useful. And so, what Kyoto University have done is they've taken face masks and they've treated them with ostrich extract. As you know... do. I don't know what they extract from these ostriches. Hang on, this is why it's taken nearly two years. They've gone through every other animal extract first. (laughs) I imagine so, yes. I don't know if they they mince up ostriches or if they just take a little bit of ostrich with them looking the other way. I'm not really sure how it works. But apparently under fluorescent light, you can then see if you've got COVID. Well, are you not going to sort of find some way now of of, of of linking ostriches sticking their head in the sand to politicians as you're going to political comment on? Oh, well, I think you've just done it, haven't you? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Um, well, that's that's extraordinary. It is blended, uh, isn't it? Yes. Well, given that it's almost impossible at the moment, apparently, to get any sort of test kit whatsoever. No, um, no, ostrich... no, it's not. You can get test kits from Amazon. You can now get, oh. as of this week, PCR tests from Amazon, £34.99. Uh, or £63.98 for two, saving yourself a few quid there. Yes. Um, And they are okay for day two tests, and they come with a a booking reference and prepaid Royal Mail priority, whatever. And they say from when they get it back in the lab, so assuming Royal Mail pick it up promptly, which I guess they do with priority test processes, then it's 24 hours till you get the, uh, the lab result. Well, that seems pretty impressive. And I was all ready to, to use that for my skiing trip in January until the French decided that they don't want me to go skiing in January. I mean, not me. They uh, didn't single me out personally. I think they did. They just had to well, get the rest of the country yeah, with yeah, all yes, your fault. Uh, true. So I don't suppose I need it now. Uh, well, except, and they were going on about how this is very cheap, this thirty four ninety nine. But when I last came back from France, I got a day two lateral flow test from Boots 
for £17.50. So I don't entirely understand what the difference is. And yet it seems to be a lot cheaper than some of the prices that people are paying. Yes, yes. Yes. You can pay a ridiculous know. amount if you if you want to, I suppose. Or yes. if you're and in the, a lateral, hurry. the lateral flow ones, of course, are provided cheaply. Oh, in, in it, sorry, completely free, except nobody can get them, as my daughter is currently discovering. Yes. I have a friend who came back from New York and needed to get same day tests. And they found a place in New York that would do them in an hour for $120 each. Mm. Well, I guess for a rush priority job, that's not yep. that bad. Yep. Um, but yes, it does all add to the cost of going anywhere. So um, I'm probably not going. Skiing. No, Mind you, okay. you've got a you've got a drive with a bit of a slope on it. Yes, and it's you a make very artificial slope. snow. You, I hope in uh, today's program you've got a, you've got a device that makes artificial snow. I'll be round in a flash. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Uh, sadly, I don't. Oh, blast. Okay, no, what do you that. have then? Um, what I have is what I may have sometime in the future is a a new phone security device which will tell if your phone has been stolen and is being used by someone else. So forget your face ID and your fingerprints mm. and your passwords. The University of Plymouth have come up with gate ID. Gate right. as in walking. And what they did was they, they took a, a whole load of um, volunteers and they gave them these phones and they record the, with the gyroscope and the accelerometer over 10 days how you mm. walk around and they got 85 percent accuracy in identifying the user from the way they walked that's quite intriguing it is quite intriguing I mean, is this it? an app on your phone because if it's on your phone it's not very useful if somebody else has it i well no because it'll stop them using the phone that's the idea oh, the idea okay. is it'll be built okay. into the operating system yes and once it recognizes that i mean it doesn't you know if you're a little bit drunk and you can't then call them well, i was gonna because, say yes drunk yeah. or you've got a limp you can't then use your phone. No, no, that's probably true. But it's intriguing. It's it odd. Is. I mean, how many how many ways have we come across about identification? I think we we've talked about earlobes. I think in the past, uh, retinal scans, uh, how you walk, loads and loads of them. Yes, a, yeah. a slurred speech, you know, um, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. There's lots peculiar. of ways. Peculiar. It is. Oh, well, while I have a quick drink, let's have one of these. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, onward we go. And onward we go, and indeed upward we go, up into the air with Fly Zero, which is uh, the latest project from the UK's Aerospace Technology Institute. I would love to say I worked for them. Wouldn't that be great? You're at a party. Where do you work? I work at the Aerospace Technology Institute. Fabulous. Mm. And they... Yucati. Um, as they probably call it. They almost certainly do. They, um, they have plans for 279-seater planes, which will run on liquid hydrogen. And they reckon they can get anywhere in the world in two hops. So liquid hydrogen, of course, the cleanest of possible jet fuels, because all they spit out is, uh, well, I suppose, a bit of oxygen and water yes. and a little bit of an am yes. ammonia. But apparently Quite ammonia is not as bad as we reckon it is. Quite inflammable, of course. Um, so it has to be handled carefully. It has to be handled quite carefully, exactly. It takes up more space than standard uh, rocket fuel. So the, uh, the the planes, they've got sort of squirrel cheeks. They're little, little, little bulges oh, on the side of the, the cockpit. It is very sweet. They look like Disney planes. 
Oh, wouldn't you love to be on the first airliner yeah. where the airline actually incorporates that? Wouldn't having that a squirrel splendid. face on the front. <laughs> no, there's still a lot of challenges along the way, but uh, but they reckon this is going to happen. Meanwhile, and here's one we really should have included in the Christmas gift guide uh, mm. last week, is the Swiss Sustainable Yacht. It is a 64-foot yacht, which has solar panels covering its uh, its top. And these solar panels harvest hydrogen from seawater and the hydrogen then powers a fuel cell electric drive meaning not only it is the cleanest possible imaginable kind of yacht but you can keep going indefinitely i suppose you have to stop for food you could just fish couldn't you you could just catch fish yes yes and you could just keep on going forever around around the world well yes assuming assuming you liked fish assuming you liked fish Yes. Assuming yes. yes, well, there is that. I suppose you could always uh, mermaids. There's probably all dolphins. There's all kind of, sort of non-fish things down yes. there. <laughs> yes, I can see you planning your retirement already. That seems well, extraordinary, indeed. impressive. I mean, if it's if it's possible eventually to scale it up, how wonderful that would be because um, yeah. so many emissions come from the massive container ships that are ploughing well, exactly. the world's um, uh, waterways. Um, if they were could power themselves from yes. hydrogen that's actually harvested from seawater, how brilliant that would be. Well, the trouble there is that they haven't got room for all the solar panels because they've got all of these containers on the top. Like you put the panels on top of the top containers? Yes, but they'd have to put them on the containers after the containers are loaded, and then they unload oh. some of the containers. Not other. It's complicated. It's, 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 it's the nitpicking like this that stops people developing <laughs> important anyway, things. Anyway, the Swiss Sustainable Lot, they reckon, will be available from 2023, so not in time. I'll get one. I'll get one. And a shade over £5 million. Pounds. All right, I'll get a share in one. You got a share in one, exactly. So um, absolutely it, but, brilliant. I love the idea of it. It is I brilliant. Do. But it's not rocket science. Hang on, before and, you go into that, oh, I think you probably could say at parties you work for the UK uh, Aerospace Technology Institute. I mean, how would anybody know? Well, they might ask me questions like, what do you do there? Well, come on, you do a show about catching gizmos. You can probably bamboozle them. I could probably Unless it turns them. out that they also work there, you're probably mm. okay. I probably am. No, so, sorry, I interrupted. You so were talking about I was rocket saying scientists. It's not rocket science, but it turns out neither is rocket science or indeed brain surgery. People have these uh, these things that rocket science and brain surgery <laughs> require a particular kind of genius. Yes, hence turns the phrase, out it's, it's not, not true. rocket science. Yes. It is not true. So a combination of uh, UCL, University College London, King's College London, and Imperial College, amongst others, tested 748 rocket scientists and brain surgeons. Yes. And they found that they had, by and large, the same degree of intelligence as the rest of the population. You saw this is not sour grapes by all the academics that these places were fed up with people <laughs> saying it's not rocket science or it's not brain surgery. It's almost certainly that, <laughs> yes. It does turn out that rocket scientists are better at mental manipulation. Um, shapes, particularly, they're good at recognizing shapes from, from different angles, uh, whereas brain surgeons are better at semantic problem solving. And I would tell you what semantic problem solving is, but you'd have to be a brain surgeon to know. Semantic problem solving is being good at unusual words. Oh. Apparently. Uh, There's a thing. And I'm desperately trying to think of of dropping an unusual word into the sentence, but of course suddenly my brain froze. But then that's, I'm overqualified for being a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, how intriguing, how intriguing. Mm. Um, Time perhaps for us to take a brief pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
Ah, nothing pulls for breath. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And will add from outer space or from, from the sky and on the sea, now down to earth with a thud, or rather with a bit of a vroom. Just channeling my uh, my inner Boris there, doing my vroom. Uh, this is the world's first dual-mode vehicle, or DMV for short. What is a DMV? I, I didn't hear you ask, but I could see you looking quizzically. Well, I, I, so I, I assumed, assumed you were going to tell me, yes. Well, the DMV is a train. No, it's not. It's also a bus. So it's a train that goes on rails, and then when it wants to come off the rails, it just drives off the rails and it's a bus. I've so looks... seen one of those in years gone by, probably on Tomorrow's World. Well, yes, but oh, Tomorrow's there was World... a car. That's right, it was a car that went on rails as well. I'm sure I've seen one. They, well, in fact, the people who mend rails do have such things, but this is the first commercial mm. one, and it's going to make its debut journey in uh, somewhere in Japan, I forget exactly where, on Christmas Day. Isn't that lovely? Oh, yeah. uh, it is. It, it looks just like a regular bus, but when it goes on the rails... The uh, the the whole thing the bus lifts up on um, on mm. the kind of wheels you get on trains is probably a name for them on its bogies shall we right. say right yes uh, the front tires lift clear but the back wheels stay on the tracks to push them along and um, top speed of fifty miles an hour they're going to use it not on every uh, every train because of course. You need to have somewhere where the rails do, in fact, end in a road, which is currently nowhere. They're putting <laughs> it on a, a seaside tourist route so that it's tourists really, can experience. Sort of intriguing. You wonder how useful it would be, given that you know, many stations have bus stops near them. Ah, oh, but imagine if you're on a train and there's a leaves on the line, this is your bus replacement service. And the train just jumped off the line and went down the A11. Mm. Wouldn't that be good? Yes, I'm not sure how practical it would be, but yes. I no, so. possibly not very practical. We'll see. Well, you can always find out if you go to Japan on Christmas Day. That's assuming you can find out where it is, because you haven't remembered. Exactly. I'm yes. sure once you hit Japan, everybody will know. Well, there's air stuff yes. on the road. Yes. Just follow the crowd, yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. What now? Um, let's just move on to um, wearable electronics. Uh, wearable electronics being a, uh, it's a thing, as you know, the people are very keen on wearable electronics and the idea that you can um, uh, attach things to your clothing that will measure uh, various things that you're doing. Yes. And, uh, you know, your we, we, we've talked about quite a few stuff like that. Quite a few things in, in, um, in the past, haven't we? We have. Electronics. The trouble with wearable electronics is what do you do with the batteries? Because you've got to power them somehow. And if you don't remember to take the batteries off before you wash them, then it's not going to work. It'd be wearable non-electronics. Or is it? No, it's not. Because uh, uh, the University of British Columbia have come up with the world's first washable battery. How about that? <laughs> it's a great idea. This is, it's stretchable. Um, and it's um, zinc manganese embedded in polymer. 
apparently that for some reason works better than lithium. And both zinc and manganese, I think, are readily available. Zinc, you can cut off, cut off people's roofs. Manganese, I've no idea where you go to get manganese. It's not you're, the same as magnesium. I, know I hope that. you're not encouraging that we go and take zinc off people's roofs. And is it not lead on roofs rather than zinc? Well, it's lead on church roofs, but I don't think most people have lead on their oh, roofs. Okay, all right. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not sure that's a viable source <laughs> for the future development of wearable um, electronics. Um, bizarrely, I'm just suddenly occurred to me. I'm out all those people with the Santa jumpers that light up. How do they wash those? They must take the battery out first. There must be a little battery pocket somewhere. Oh, I see. Okay. But um, I've never but, thought to uh, ask because I normally try and avoid anybody with a Santa jumper that lights up. Exactly. I think they just wear them for one Christmas, and then by the time the uh, the, the battery's gone, then so is the jumper, mm. or at least so is Christmas. Oh, great. I'm afraid yeah. I wear clothes until they wear out. Yes, but that's because you don't have a light-up Santa jumper. Well, that's true. That is true. Uh, but, uh, you know, Steve, if you're thinking of getting anything, you know, you know now know what I don't have. <laughs> so <laughs> it's either that or the, but... uh, or the 50-foot yacht, let me think. Yes, yes. <laughs> Costing five million. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I haven't had one of these for a little time. Okay. So what now? So what now? What now? Well, let us move on to Dante. Hmm. Dante. Uh, Dante died 700 years ago this year. Did he? And uh, he did. And um, he uh, wrote, among many other things, the uh, Divine Comedy, which is possibly his uh, one of his master works. Yeah, I've heard some of their records. <laughs> and uh, the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford has come up with the idea of how they're going to celebrate his 700th anniversary. And they have produced Ida, or rather Ada, A-I-D-A. Uh, it's pronounced Ada, actually, because it's uh, in, in order of Ada Lovelace, the, the, right. the well-known computer pioneer. Hmm. And what Ada, the robot, has done, has uh, they've fed it all of Dante's uh, divine comedy and it has written its own response to the divine comedy oh would you like to have a little listen to it performing it um yes i say that quite nervously <laughs> a needle and thread would be necessary for the completion of the picture to view the poor creatures who were in misery that of a hawk Eyes sewn shut, eyes with tears in them, and a desire to weep, who never see the light of day. Well, that was a bit odd. It was a bit odd, wasn't it? So that is not only written by Ada, who can apparently churn out 20,000 words in 10 seconds, which I think is probably faster than Dante managed it. <laughs> yes, yes, he could have, could have done them one day and popped down mm. to the pub. <laughs> exactly. But um, it's uh, it's also described as ultra-realistic. Now, I have seen video of Ada in, mm. uh, in action, and ultra-realistic is not the word I would use. It's, it looks like a rather curiously made, it's like a person, I suppose, vaguely, in which the eyes swivel left and right, 
and the mouth moves up and down at random. It looks more than anything like one of the puppets from the old Thunderbirds TV series. Oh, but you're forgetting these are academics who think that what counts as realism is is a sort of university professor sort of reading from their textbook in the front well, of the Well, <laughs> that, that is possibly the <laughs> that, case. This may be animated in comparison. It, well, take a look at it, Ada. Is you can find it on YouTube. I'm sure it's there. And that's it's AI hyphen DA. AI hyphen DA exactly. Performing it's poetry. um. I'm not terribly impressed. I have to say, certainly by the ultra realism. The poetry is quite interesting. There's some quite nice imagery in there. It's quite a little quiet, actually. Don't know why it was so quiet, but uh, we could just about hear it. But there we go. So from Ada, the non-ultra realistic poetry spouting robot, to living robots. This Ooh. is the, it's the kind of holy grail of robotics, making animal-machine hybrids that can reproduce. And um, Tufts University in Massachusetts have managed this, and they built what they call xenobots, which are built from stem cells. And they, they move around, and as they move around, they gather up stray cells that they found you know, lying around in, in their... A petri dish or wherever they happen yes. to be. Uh, they're just you know a millimeter wide, um, and but then they build, they use those cells to build more of themselves, so they can actually reproduce. The it's cells sounding a little scary. It is a little scary. They say it could help to clear your arteries. I'm not entirely sure how it's going to clear your arteries, but the curious <laughs> thing is that the cells they choose, the cells they choose, come from an African clawed frog which is a surprising place. Well, perhaps they use the claws to clear arteries. Well, maybe they do. But, you know, you go to the doctor and you say, your arteries are a bit clogged. Let me just stick this African claw (laughs) frog in. Won't hurt a bit. It's very, yes, utterly, utterly bizarre. But I, I, yeah. So initially, they may be absolutely tiny, but then if they keep reproducing and they get bigger. Yeah, I guess that's the beginning of Skynet. It's the beginning of many, many awful things. I think these people yeah. are not to be encouraged. Yes, yes. Sadly, I'm afraid this is one of the problems, of course, is that if scientists feel there's a possibility of doing something, they only realise it was a bad thing after they've done it, and it gets away from them. I mean, this is... I yes. know it's a constant trope in, in literature and in, in movies, but you can't help feeling that that often is the case. It is, it is absolutely very often the yeah. such as the man who invented CFCs. Uh, yes. which chill off is it also the man who decided to put lead in petrol as it turns out yes yes, yes. i'm sure done with the best issues. of intentions at the time yes <laughs> yes indeed but think of the damage he ended up doing yeah. uh, i've got some good news and some bad news the good news is that if you're worried about the christmas glitter that you're sprinkling on your homemade christmas cards mm-hmm. um and uh, the fact that it's, it's all full of microplastics, Cambridge University clearly have nothing better to do, have produced um, uh, glitter that is made from colloidal particles of cellulose nanocrystals. Which obvious, really. I, I didn't think of it a long time ago. <laughs> yes. It is a plant-based cellulose with no plastic or aluminium in it. Mm. And apparently it looks like glitter and then just biodegrades. So glitter mm. could be making a comeback after all. That was the good news. The bad oh, right. news is for people who ride e-scooters, these electric scooters that you see around now. It is, of course, illegal, because you're thinking of getting one for Christmas, uh, to ride uh, an electric scooter that you own on the pavement or on the road. Although if you rent one on the street, then it's quite perfectly okay. 
Not uh, there, it's still not okay to ride on the pavement, is it? I think not okay to ride on the no. pavement, but yeah. it is on the road. And yeah. there are two main reasons for that. One is that the scooters that you rent uh, are limited to about 10 miles an hour. The other is that the scooters that you rent uh, are geofenced, which means if you go in somewhere you're not allowed to yes. go, then they, uh, they just stop, which is really quite clever. Um, the London Fire Brigade has been called out to 50 cases this year, just in London, of scooters and a few electric bikes um, bursting into flames because of their faulty lithium batteries. Yes, and one or two of these have happened on the tube, apparently, which is quite Well, scary. exactly. Two of them have happened on the tube. Well, not flames, but certainly uh, putting out toxic smoke. So right. Transport for London has asked that these scooters are not to be allowed on London transport in any form mm. from now on. And I'm sure that'll work just as well as no alcohol being allowed on London transport. Or physical people wearing masks on London transport. We should yes. explain for uh, listeners who live outside London that Londoners are very bad at taking instruction. Yes, yes, or possibly iconoclastic or um, oh, left given a, of a libertarian system. street. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's probably true. Well, but I mean, these scooters have, have essentially been banned from riding on the road or the pavement since the beginning. You're not allowed to use them. That's right. But it doesn't, doesn't mean they're not around. And I don't think that's restricted only to London. I've seen them in other places. There are plenty of them around, but they go very fast. I mean, some of them, yeah, I was driving scary. down the road at 30 miles an hour recently, and I was overtaken by someone on one of these scooters. Yes. Which is they don't necessarily shocking. drive well, and they're not very well protected. And the awful thing is, if you hit something with the front of those, with those relatively small wheels, it, yes. it creates a problem very, very quickly. Absolutely Worse does, yes. Bikes. Oh, mm. how can we sound like some sort of government information service now? <laughs> <laughs> Be very careful out there, children. Okay, well, that's it for this edition of Gadget and Gizmos. Don't forget, if you're still looking for things to get for Christmas, then our previous episode, The Christmas Gift Guide, is still available, full of wonderful things, many of which will arrive in time. Thank you very much indeed, Steve Kaplan. More Gadget and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.